the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. China testing missiles off the Taiwanese coast. They're trying to change our relationship with Taiwan. We should not allow them to do that. President Biden declares a public health emergency over the monkeypox virus. The Biden administration is blowing it on monkeypox. Governor Ron DeSantis suspends DA unwilling to enforce state law. He said it doesn't matter what the legislature does in the state of Florida. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Friday, August 5th. I'm Mike Scott. China conducted missile tests near Taiwan's coast on Thursday. The missile tests were part of military exercises due to raised tensions in the region following a visit by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Beijing claims Taiwan as its own territory and says it will annex it if necessary. After the speaker's visit, China announced that military exercises by its Navy, Air Force and other departments were underway in six zones all surrounding Taiwan. Of the missiles fired by China, five of them landed in Japan's exclusive economic zone. Japanese Defense Minister Nobu Kishi saying that Japan protested the missile landings directly to China as a threat to Japan's national security. Japan's defense ministry also speculated that four missiles flew directly over the capital city of Taipei, crossing the Taiwanese mainland. For Taiwan's part, they did not deny the claims from Japan's defense ministry. CNN's Selena Wang says while these drills were expected, Pelosi's visit could give China a further excuse to escalate tensions with Taiwan. The message here that Beijing is really trying to send is that our powerful military has the capability to completely choke off Taiwan from the rest of the world. And to your point, we were expecting this show of muscular force because China needed to live up to the extreme threats they were making leading up to this point. But one of the biggest impacts potentially of these drills is going to be psychological. It's intimidation. It is sparking fear about what could come. Because even though we may not see this current crisis escalate into something more, this Pelosi visit could basically be an excuse for China to change the status quo, and we're talking about over the long run, in the months, years to come, increase that coercion of Taiwan even more. Wang also says that while the U.S. and Taiwan condemn the essential blockade of the self-governed island, the Chinese people were actually disappointed by the lack of military response by the Chinese Communist Party. 
It's a blockade, say both Beijing and Taipei, and a major provocation in the eyes of Taiwan and the U.S. But to a lot of Chinese citizens, it's not enough, especially after officials had hyped up expectations of an unprecedented military response. Disappointed, wrote one person on China's Twitter-like platform Weibo. Another mocked that its leaders should speak less, do more. But far from speaking less, officials are issuing one fiery statement after another, all condemning Pelosi's trip. It also banned imports of thousands of food items from Taiwan and suspended exports of natural sand, a key component in semiconductor chips. All of this rage just over a two-day visit. Pelosi's presence in Taiwan, a slap in the face to Beijing, which insists a self-governed island is a rebel Chinese province. Wang also says that it's important that people outside of China must understand that the military display is part of propaganda for the Chinese people. As a result of these drills, we're already seeing Taiwan having to reroute some vessels as well as international flights. It's impacted hundreds of flights. And this is one of the busiest waterways in the world, so it threatens to upend global trade as well. But when we look at this strong reaction from China, we have to remember that it's also directed at the audience here at home because Xi Jinping, China's leader, needs to prove to its people that he is showing the world that there is a price to be paid for Taiwan to host House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. There's a lot of propaganda, striking imagery, inflammatory language around these military drills. But what's important to watch is how far China actually goes with these military drills, not how far state media claims. Wang says while a direct war with Taiwan is not in China's best interest right now, all of China's military in the region may bring about a mistake that may result in one. The concern is that with all of the mistrust, that there's really no off-ramp from here. And when it comes to Taiwan and China, all of these military assets on the ground, it just increases the risk of a miscalculation that could spiral into something greater. Even though Chinese leader Xi Jinping does not want this to turn into a direct conflict, it's not in China's best interest for that to happen, this increases the risk that it could. Now, however, when I speak to some analysts, they say, look, there's also a concern that this political visit gives China an opportunity to practice these simulations, like what they're calling a simulated blockade. It gives China an excuse to use this as an opportunity to step up its diplomatic, its political, its economic coercion of Taiwan. China is extremely indignant over this. And in order to save face with the people at home as well, they've got to show this strong message, this strong reaction that is not going to last just a few days. Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton joined Fox News to briefly share his thoughts on the Chinese military drills. Weakness invites aggression, and Joe Biden projected weakness last month when he dialed it up to DEFCON 1 about Nancy Pelosi's trip. I think the White House leaked this news in part to pressure Nancy Pelosi not to go. They should have acted like presidents of both parties have acted for 40 years, which is that members of Congress routinely travel to Taiwan. I've done it myself on multiple occasions. Every time we go, Beijing complains and rattles sabers about it. But then they continue to... Uh, uh, acknowledge, Beijing does that is, acknowledge that this is a long-standing custom and practice and part of our relationship with Taiwan. But, but Joe Biden, by dialing it up to DEFCON 1, played into Beijing's hands. Look, they are trying to move the goalpost here. They are trying to change our relationship with Taiwan. We should not allow them to do that. Cotton goes on to say that China knows that members of Congress traveled to the island nation 
And they're only pressing the issue because, in his opinion, they see weakness in President Joe Biden. It's very commonplace for members of Congress to travel to Taiwan. Taiwan is welcoming to members of Congress. They're welcoming to state officials, governors and state legislative delegations as well. That's, pro- that's partly because for 40 years, it- it's been the typical practice that while members of the executive branch generally do not travel to Taiwan, members of Congress and state officials do travel to Taiwan. The Chinese communists know all this. They're simply trying to press an advantage because they think Joe Biden has been projecting weakness for the last 18 months. And unfortunately, they have reason to believe that. American basketball player and Olympic gold medalist Brittany Griner was convicted by a Russian judge of drug possession and drug smuggling. The judge then sentenced her to nine years in prison. Greiner was also fined $1 million in rubles, the equivalent of about $16,000. I made an honest mistake, and I hope that in your ruling that it doesn't end my life here. Greiner appeared in a courtroom just outside of Moscow. She issued an apology ahead of her verdict and sentencing as prosecutors pushed for nine and a half years in prison. I never meant to hurt anybody. I never meant to put in jeopardy the Russian population. I never meant to break any laws here. Meantime, Joey Reed, whose son Terry was once a prisoner in Russia, says that it's his opinion that Russia only gave Greiner a harsh sentence because they want to use her in leverage in a possible prisoner swap. The reason that they've given her such a stiff sentence, just like they did my son and Paul Whelan, is it makes them more bargainable. The White House has proposed exchanging Victor Boot, a Russian arms dealer who is serving a 25-year sentence for conspiring to kill Americans, for Griner and another former Marine, Paul Whelan. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says the Biden administration is committed to securing the release of Whelan and Griner. I'm not able to share more publicly at this time, but we are willing to take every step necessary to bring home our people. Jean-Pierre says the Biden administration will do whatever is needed to free the U.S. prisoners. Russia is wrongfully detaining Brittany. She never should have had to endure a trial in the first place. We have repeatedly called for Russia to release her immediately. administration has declared a U.S. public health emergency due to the monkeypox outbreak. The declaration is so the U.S. can bolster a federal response in order to tackle the virus, which thus far has infected more than 6,600 Americans. Declaring a public health emergency will free up some federal money and other resources to fight the virus. The monkeypox virus itself may cause fever, body aches, chills, fatigue, and pimple-like bumps on many parts of the body. The Biden administration is facing stiff criticism over the availability of the monkeypox vaccine. Clinics in major cities say they haven't received enough of the two-shot vaccine to meet demand, and some have had to stop offering the second dose to ensure supply of first doses. White House monkeypox response coordinator Robert Fenton says the administration will do everything possible 
to take on the outbreak. This virus is moving fast. This is a unique uh, outbreak and that is uh, spreading faster than previous outbreaks. The CDC's Dr. Rochelle Walensky says the administration is prioritizing those it believes are at highest risk of getting monkeypox. We're looking at both those who um, are living with HIV, who are men who have sex with men, as those who are um, high risk for HIV by virtue of the fact of their eligibility for pre-exposure prophylaxis for HIV. Summing those two populations together, we estimate that there are about 1.6 to 1.7 million people who are at highest risk for um, for monkeypox right now, and that's the population we have been most focused on in terms of vaccination. Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Becerra says the Biden administration is moving to bolster its response. I will be declaring a public health emergency on monkeypox. We're prepared to take our response to the next level uh, in addressing this virus, and we urge every American to take monkeypox seriously and to take responsibility to help us tackle this virus. Meantime, Town Hall political editor Guy Benson vented frustration on his radio show at the Biden administration's lackluster response to the virus. Benson says that while he understands that some do not want to stigmatize monkeypox as a virus that only impacts the gay community, the administration doesn't help the LGBT community by not being honest about who is actually impacted by the virus. There's a lot of confusion out there around monkeypox because people don't want to stigmatize the LGBT community. I'm a member of that community, so I think I can talk about this a little bit. Like, oh, we don't want to make it a gay disease. I understand that anyone can get it if you come in contact with a lesion, skin-to-skin contact. That's true. It's not only gay men or bisexual men or men who have sex with men at risk. But if you look at the numbers, overwhelmingly, that is who's at risk, which is why the vaccine, which is extremely scarce, more on that in a moment, is being rightly limited to people in a pretty narrow category. Benson says that while he doesn't blame Joe Biden for the virus, in his opinion, the president's administration has mishandled dealing with monkeypox. Let me say this as succinctly and bluntly as I can. The Biden administration is blowing it on monkeypox. This is a guy who sat in his basement and promised to defeat the virus and end the virus on COVID. We can talk more about that later if we want to. And now on his watch, another public health emergency has emerged. Not his fault. I'm not a hack. I'm not going to blame Biden or his team for this type of virus coming to the fore and spreading. What I will blame them for is abject incompetence in responding to it. Benson goes on to say that, in his opinion, if a Republican president bungled the response to monkeypox as badly as the Biden administration, there would be a larger public outcry. And I think if this were a Republican administration screwing up this badly over and over again on a public health issue, it would be a much bigger story than it is, especially given the fact that it is overwhelmingly targeting gay and bisexual people. You can almost imagine what the outcry would sound like and look like. You'd have activists, you'd have the media, you'd have Democrats. This administration doesn't care about gay people. They don't care about our lives. They don't prioritize us. This is callous disregard 
This is dereliction. This is bigotry. This is what modern bigotry looks like, right? That is what they would be saying if exactly this set of facts applied to the other political party. But I think because Biden and team are Democrats, a lot of the critiques are muted or non-existent. You're hearing it from some people because it is a real and acute problem and a growing problem. There's a way to stop the problem, and Team Biden is blowing it. The jury has rendered a verdict against Alex Jones in the defamation lawsuit against the InfoWars host. Daybreak Insider Entertainment correspondent Oscar Wells Gabriel has details on the verdict. Question 1A, $50,000. Question 1B, $10,000. What you're hearing all adds up to a major legal and financial defeat for the man who has repeatedly claimed that the Sandy Hook Elementary School massacre was a hoax. A jury in Austin, Texas, ruling that Alex Jones must pay more than $4 million in compensatory damages to the parents of a six-year-old boy killed in the 2012 shooting. It marks the first time that the InfoWars host has been held financially liable for his insistence that the shooting was all a fake. But the financial damage is just beginning. The jury next decides how much Jones must pay in punitive damages to Neil Heslin and Scarlett Lewis. Their son, Jesse Lewis, was among the 20 children and six educators who were shot to death at Sandy Hook. I'm Oscar Wells Gabriel. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has suspended state attorney Andrew Warren in Florida due to what the governor called the attorney putting his ideology over state law. According to DeSantis, Warren has repeatedly refused to enforce laws passed by the legislature cracking down on child sex change surgeries and abortion restrictions. Nevertheless, that is what the legislature has enacted, and it's not for him to put himself above that and say that he is not going to enforce the laws. We don't elect people in one part of the state to have veto power over what the entire state decides on these important issues. The Constitution of Florida has vested the veto power in the governor not an individual state attorneys. And so when you flagrantly violate your oath of office, when you make yourself above the law, uh, you have violated your duty, uh, you have neglected your duty, and you are displaying a lack of competence uh, to be able to perform those duties. And so today we are suspending state attorney Andrew Warren effective immediately. So DeSantis suspended Warren after the state attorney pledged not to charge abortion patients or their doctors for illegally terminating pregnancies. Warren made the vow in June, days before a state law banning abortion after 15 weeks was set to take effect. The suspended attorney, Warren, responded to the governor's claims and his suspension by saying that DeSantis is violating the will of the people who elected him. I was shocked at the blatant violation of one of the most fundamental principles of our democracy, that the people, the voters, get to elect elected officials. I've been elected twice to serve as state attorney, and I've served as state attorney, and I've done it well. Crime is down. We're protecting people's rights. We have fought so hard for public safety and fairness and justice. If the governor thinks he can do a better job, then he should run for state attorney, not president. Warren says that his removal will be, in his opinion, unconstitutional. I haven't even looked at the order yet because I woke up to do my job today, and that's exactly what I did. Now, I've heard it contains a lot of conjecture and lies, and 
just based on the governor's track record with unconstitutional orders, I have a feeling that this is going to be just as unconstitutional as the 15-week ban abortion, the anti-protest law, and a dozen other things that the governor signed. Warren goes on to say that it is his opinion that DeSantis is trying to overturn Warren's election. The governor is trying to overthrow the results of a fair and free election. Two of them, actually. And people need to understand, this isn't the governor trying to suspend one elected official. This is the governor trying to overthrow democracy here in Hillsborough County. Warren also says that DeSantis has based his suspension on, quote, lies, end quote. But at this point, again, from what I've heard, the governor's orders just based on pure conjecture and lies about what he thinks I'm going to do with cases that haven't even come before me yet. According to a new study, a typical middle-class family can no longer afford a home in 35 of the 50 biggest U.S. cities. Based on the study, the salary needed to afford the median U.S. home stood at almost $76,000, which is about $8,500 more than the typical household actually makes. Housing costs were up 5.6% in June from a year ago, The new home affordability study assumes a down payment of about 20 percent and assumes that no more than 28 percent of a family's income would go toward monthly home payments. Jerry Howard, CEO of the National Association of Home Builders, joined Fox Business and said the proposed Inflation Reduction Act in Congress will actually make housing prices worse. Uh, you, you have a housing affordability crisis right now that is caused by a supply shortage. There's nothing in it at all that will increase housing supply. And there are, in fact, depressants in there. The, the change in the carried interest rules will suppress investment in multifamily. The imposition of the left-wing building codes for energy efficiency will increase the cost of single-family housing. Housing costs are going to go up. They're going to be inflated for both renters and buyers. I can't for the life of me, Stuart, understand how a senator from one of the highest housing cost states in America gets together with a senator with some of the lowest incomes in America, raises the cost of housing and says it's not inflationary and it's good for their constituents. We've gone through the looking glass here. Toyota profit is down as the chip shortage keeps customers waiting. Business correspondent Rita Foley has more on the Japanese automaker trying to stay ahead of the game over the summer. Toyota's profit fell nearly 18% in the past few months when compared to a year ago. That semiconductor shortage is slamming the auto industry, affecting production. Rising material costs also hurt Toyota's bottom line. Toyota's apologizing to customers who've been waiting for their cars after putting in orders. Some have waited so long the vehicle went through a model change in the meantime. Electric vehicles, which need many chips, have been the worst hit by the global chip crunch. Still, Toyota is reporting a quarterly profit of $5.5 billion. I'm Rita Foley. And finally, seeing Halloween decorations beginning to creep into the aisles of your favorite stores? Well, unfortunately, you may have to go without some of your favorite All Hallows' Eve staples. The Hershey Company has announced that because of supply issues, Some of your favorite candy may be difficult to find on shelves by Halloween. 
Hershey produces many trick-or-treater favorites, including Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, Kit Kats, Mr. Good Bars, Almond Joys, and the classic Hershey Chocolate Bar. However, due to global supply chain issues, the company has had trouble meeting consumer demand. Well, Halloween may not be as sweet this year. Hershey's is warning it may not be able to meet demand for signature candies for both Halloween and the holiday season. That sounds like a scream right there. The company says people started buying more sweets during the pandemic, and it has not slowed down, not to mention ongoing supply chain issues and a scarcity of raw ingredients. CEO says they had to choose between keeping stores stocked with regular uh, sweets or ramp up holiday production. Regular Suites won out. As for next year, Hershey says it's already adding more manufacturing lines, hoping for a comeback by the following Halloween. Despite limited supplies, the Hershey team still expects to surpass last year's earnings. But beware, ghouls and goblins may not be the only thing that's scary this Halloween, as Hershey's has stated they will also be raising prices. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.